The following Dharma talk was given by Jody Hojin Kimmel at the Zen Center of New York City. Hojin Sensei is the abbot of the Zen Center and head priest at Zen Mountain Monastery. This talk, like all of our talks, is offered free of charge. If you would like to make a donation or find out more about our various programs, visit us online at zmm.org slash zcnyc. Thanks for listening. Good morning, everyone. Um, it's nice to see everyone, and I kind of like this small little sangha we have here today. Very nice. Um, so this week I was thinking about, um, we did a retreat, Kisei and I, on um, strange and wonderful beings, an art retreat. And um, it was uncertain uh, what, who was going to arrive in this retreat. Um, as we created beings. And um, so I thought I would speak a little bit about the fact of uncertainty in our lives, of not knowing exactly ever what's going to be. Um, It is a fact that things are uncertain. And the... um, the uh, quote that we used on the retreat was from Ajahn Chah, where he says, to be mindful and let things take their natural course. Then your mind will become still in any surroundings, like a clear forest pool. All kinds of wonderful, rare animals will come to drink at the pool and you will clearly see the nature of things. You will see many strange and wonderful things come and go, but you will be still. This is the happiness of the Buddha. This is our happiness. I really like that. It's, it's like a zazen, right? All kinds of things come to this clear pool and drink And we can clearly see their nature if we just look at them. We'll just be still. So I started, um, I have a lot of poets uh, today. Um, I decided, I I thought, maybe I'll deliver a um, care package for uncertainty. (laughs) And no better than to have poets to help us with care packages for uncertainty. This one's from William Stafford. For my young friends who are afraid, because with uncertainty comes a lot of fear, right? Because um, we don't know. So how do we live with this? How do we tolerate uncertainty? For my young friends who are afraid, by William Stafford. There is a country to cross. You will find in the corner of your eye, in the quick slip of your foot, air far down, a snap that might have caught. And maybe for you, for me, a high passing voice that finds its way by being 
afraid. That country is there for us, carried as it is crossed. What you fear will not go away. It will take you into yourself and bless you and keep you. That's the world, and we all live there. Of course, we would have to be living in a very deep fog to not be aware of how events were, are pushing our collective and individual lives into deeper and deeper levels of uncertainty. It seems like there's no end in sight if you look at the news, the news we get. There's a lot of news, by the way. We get particular news. And whether we admit it or not, whether we choose to worry about it or ignore it, our life is fragile, always fragile. More fragile than ever, actually. And I know this is not new news, just saying what is. <laughs> but it seems to be the news in the front, out front, wars raging, racial suffering deep and wide, constant threats of nuclear weaponry being used terror attacks in the most unexpected places, like one after the other, the overheating. Thank you, this room, thank you for today. And the erosion of the planet, the erosion of the very earth we depend on, human caring rights, medical, care removed for certain people. AI uncertainty, what's that going to bring? So there's a lot to list here. Larry Ward, who I spoke of last week, whose name is True Sound, a black teacher and senior teacher in Thich Nhat Hanh's order. These are my teachers. I listen to them and their experience. Many Bayapak teachers are my teachers. He says, we are living in a crisis of a depleted and failed paradigm of what it means to be human individually and what it means to be human together. However, hidden in this crisis, this uncertainty, is a profound opportunity to remount the slope of thought to remount the slope of our speech and to remount the slope of our behavior and actions in this world as we can and must reinvent what it means to be a human being. This requires the courage of deep practice, practice that touches our hearts and minds and our social fabric. And to add the voice of Angel Kyoto Williams, an amazing American writer, activist, ordained priest, many things, 
author of Being Black, Zen and the Art of Living, and Fearlessness and Grace, and Radical Dharma. And she writes, if I get bound by time, I think it should all happen in my time. It didn't all happen in my ancestors' time. It may not be possible, it may not ha- all happen in my time. But the possibility is always unfolding. Possibility. So there's these giant uncertainties and then our individual uh, life uncertainties, right? Um, around relationships, moving. Um, maybe some of us are getting a new job. Changes are for sure. And then there's the small uncertainties, like, will I find basil in the store? Will I get a parking spot? Will they have an appointment for me? Endless, endless, uh, small uncertainties. It's enough to make you want to go on retreat and forget about it all. (laughs) And I have this... A tiny book I travel with, a Dhammapada. Um, it's the compilation of the Buddhist teachings. Um, it was put together actually several hundred years after um, the death, his death. It's only three inches, so it's it's easy to travel with, and you can just, you know, pick up something. And I read this while I was on the train, and I um, actually debated whether it was um, too difficult a quote to use today. But I thought the very intensity of the uncertainties um, around us left no option. I couldn't not, not use it. But let's just unpack it a bit. Not in the sky, not in the sea, not in the clefts of the mountains. Is there a known spot in the whole world where one might live free from being overcome by death? Oh my, how depressing. (laughs) It boxes us right in, doesn't it? Nowhere to turn. It's a startling group of things that stirs things up and calms things down. And two, we sit together not so much to move forward or to move ahead, but to move into. Move into what? To move into uncertainty by choice. Not as something forced upon us by the world or by our life circumstances, but we move into sitting to move into uncertainty by choice. Pema Chodron writes, as human beings, we share a tendency to scramble for certainty whenever we realize that everything around us is in flux. In difficult times, the stress of trying to find solid ground, something predictable to stand on, seems to intensify. But in truth, the very nature of our existence is forever in flux. Everything keeps changing, whether we're aware of it or not. 
What a predicament, she says. We seem doomed to suffer simply because we have a deep-seated fear of how things really are. Our attempts to find lasting pleasure, lasting security are at odds with the fact that we're part of a dynamic system in which everything and everyone is in process. So this is where we find ourselves, right in the middle of a dilemma. All it leaves us with are some provocative questions. How can we live wholeheartedly in the face of impermanence, knowing that one day we will die? That's a fact. What is it like to realize we can never be completely and finally get it all together? (laughs) Isn't that... Well, I remember one of our senior students that came said, you have to realize you're never going to completely get it all together. I was so disappointed. I thought, oh my God, what am I practicing for? I want to get it all together. It's impossible. It is possible to increase our tolerance. Is it possible, she asks, to increase our tolerance for instability and change? Yeah. It's possible. How can we make friends with unpredictability and uncertainty? How? And embrace them as vehicles to transform our lives to what is true, what is actually true. It's a lot easier. I want certainty. Who doesn't want certainty? But then it gets gets really weird because it's not true. (laughs) It's going to (laughs) change. So I have another poem, Guest House by Rumi. This being human is a guest house. Every morning, a new arrival, a joy, a depression, a meanness. Some momentary awareness comes as an unexpected visitor. Welcome and entertain them all. Even if they were a crowd of sorrows who violently sweep your house empty of its furniture, still treat each guest honorably. Respect yourself for all that's there. That's not him. He may be clear, they may be clearing you out of, of, for some new delight. The dark thought, the shame, the malice, meet them at the door, laughing, and invite them in. Be grateful for whatever comes, because each has been sent as a guide from beyond. A care package for uncertainty. And Harjo, Joy, Joy Harjo, a follow-up, the guest house, also makes us appreciate these nuances of our life, echoing uh, Rumi's poem, Guest House. She asks us, too, to be present in this moment, to this moment, the crazy or the sad, the beginning or the end, to, and she says, to greet it all with this powerful word, Praise. 
praise. I looked up praise. Express warm approval or admiration of. And she's a member of the Muscogee Creek Nation and a poet laureate of the United States, author of many poetry books. It's called Praise the Rain by Joy Harjo. Praise the rain, the seagull dive, the curl of plant, the raven talk. Praise the hurt, the house slack, the stand of trees, the dignity. Praise the dark, the moon cradle, the sky fall, the bear asleep. Praise the mist, the warrior name, the earth eclipse, the fired leap. Praise the backwards, upwards sky, the baby cry, the spirit food. Praise canoe, the fish rush, the hole for frog, the upside down. Praise the day, the cloud cup, the mind flat, forget it all. Praise crazy, praise sad, praise the path on which we're led, praise the roads on earth and water, praise the eater and the eaten, praise beginnings, praise the end, praise the song and praise the singer, praise the rain, it brings more rain, praise the rain, it brings more rain. That's from Conflict Resolution of Holy Beings by Joy Harjo. What is uncertainty? Well, it's not any of the following. Fixed, settled, dependable, reliable, inevitable, incapable of failing, destined. Those are all dictionary definitions of certainty. (laughs) You can Google. And so when our life, when our world is not fixed, settled, dependable, reliable, inevitable, incapable of failing, destined, we're thrown into array, aren't we? Into uncertainty when there seems no fixed point, no coherent direction. There's kind of a helplessness. There's fear, a sense of death. Because when there's no fixed point, when there's nothing to depend on, the self that each of us calls I faces the uncertainty of that I continuing. Faces death, death of the fixed death of the settled, inevitable, destined self. And that is why at the heart of this great matter, we feel fear, uncertainty so much. 
I felt it all along as I was working. <laughs> I'm uncertain. And there's this fear. I was like, calm down. Just keep, keep writing. <laughs> keep, keep sitting with it. Uncertainty is the loss of a comfortable, the familiar, the known, and the self that we call I. Because that's composed mainly of knowns. Fixed points of certainty. That's why we prop ourselves up. I'm okay. I had somebody explore that with me. How fast I said, I'm okay. And they were like, are you? Really? I'd say it so fast. Tell me I'm okay. I'm right. Tell me I'm right. Tell me I'm right so you can be wrong. (laughs) Clinging to identities, towns, titles, possessions, religions, ideals. Just propping up an I, the me, the fixed, the settled, the known, the dependable. But the Dhammapada says, there is nowhere one might live free from being overcome by death. Of that, nowhere, sooner or later, in other words, we might be free from or overcome by not known. That's the death, not known. So when we sit zazen, at, at the deepest level, we, we, we move into, by choice, into that not known. I mean, when you sit down, do you know what your period of zazen is going to be like? I don't. Every time, it's new. A movement, by choice, into the experience of uncertainty. No dependable map. No fixed point. No destined end. And so the experience of zazen is constantly returning um, to the experience of not known. The not fixed. Instead of going to the familiar. And that's, that's a habit, right? It's, it, even, if that, if, even if that familiar is um, painful, we'll go to it because we know it. It's harder to just stay in that uncertainty, that not known. But practice gives us some ground for that, some strength to trust that. Art practice is exactly the same. For me, art practice is entering by choice into not known, into uncertainty. Because there's a movement that's happening. I'm just entering a movement, and I don't know what's going to happen. And that's the juice of it. That's the key of art, is look at these poems. They're just like carved out of not known. And they stay that way. They sort of stay. They leave us with our own experience when they're good, when a poem's good. It leaves us with that space. And I know it's a leap in the dark. It's, it's, art practice, is a, when it's alive, it's a leap in the dark. And I can tell where I, I go to the known and the familiar. And sometimes I do that for a while, and it's okay. And then it gets really annoying, because a part of me dies, 
there's a death, and the work is kind of dead, right? So that the, the, the juice of art practice is to keep not knowing, even though I have a technique or I have a way of, I might be moving into something, but I still don't know. Now, for a beginner, that's the beauty, because we don't know. <laughs> We're really shooting in the dark when you just sit down. You're put there. But then we can start growing in our knowing. And that has to keep leaving us, in a way. It'll get us. We don't have to do anything. So, the experience of not known in Zazen and the not fixed in the not mind, and the not thought. This experience of not is held in focus through the breath when we first sit down. The not of choiceless awareness, the not of mu, the koan mu, the unknown, any koan. So the breath, like uncertainty, is always moving. It's not fixed. It's always rising and falling, always changing. That's why it's perfect. The breath is not anything, and yet it's our one constant. The first thing we do when we're born, the last thing we do when we die. The breath is simple. We can only be breathed one moment at a time. We can't breathe two breaths at a time. Just one. One time. can only be breathed now. We can only breathe the breath now. 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 That always reminds me, there's never like a, a there. I think it was Gertrude Stein's quote, um, When you get there, there isn't any there, there. The now and the breath are not fixed. They move. They move all the time. And yet they're the one constant and dependable, providing the system's working. We can always depend on getting the next breath. We don't have to think, oh, I have to breathe now just comes. It's there. It's here. Reminds me of an incident in Sashin I've talked about where um, this woman was in a Sashin, an intensive, and she wanted to see Daida Roshi, my teacher, because she wanted to leave the Sashin. And she came to him and said, I want to leave. This is too difficult. And Daidaroshi says, well, you can leave, but there's nowhere to go. And, you know, sometimes it is important for someone to leave. It's true, there's nowhere to go, but sometimes we need to leave something. And I remember I was doing Kinhin once, and I was really wanting out of Sashin for a moment. I was very upset. And I walked to the front gate. And he happened to be looking out his window. And he said, he yelled at me, 
you can, Hojin, you can leave, but you can't go away. He yelled that from his window. <laughs> Couldn't believe it. I thought I was like out there by myself and he was watching me. So we, this is why we need courage. We sum up the courage and stamina and discipline and perseverance to stay with and trust, above all, trust the breath and the now, all of which are the scary and difficult practices of Zen. (laughs) And we begin to see that certainty, uncertainty is movement. Uncertainty is movement. Uncertainty is change. Uncertainty is the opening of new ways of seeing. Uncertainty is necessary. So, to take risks and embrace the uncertainties of our individual lives, of the world, take that risk. Not allowing the uncertainties to shake us, distract us, paralyze us. Many of us feel that when we're uncertain, that paralysis. And just to ease into that breath right there. Because the mind will start talking about the uncertainty and making it very um, treacherous, impossible. But if we could just breathe into it, it's here. Don't, don't move. Don't be still. At that pond, you're going to get a lot of visitors. Ride the uncertainties, confident in the certainty of the now, of just what is. This is a poem by Wendell Berry called The Peace of Wild Things, which is us. The peace of wild things. When despair for the world grows in me, and I wake up in the night at the least sound in fear of what my life and my children's lives may be, I go and lie down where the wood drake rests in their beauty, on the water, and the great heron feeds. I come into the peace of wild things, who do not tax their lives with forethought of grief. I come into the presence of still water, and I feel above me the day-blind stars waiting for with their light. For a time I rest in the grace of the world and am free. So where can you find that in your fourth floor apartment? or your underground space? Where's the wild thing that you can be with, that can settle your heart, that you can be in the presence of its still water? Maybe it's the blind day, the day blind stars waiting for their light. 
you know they're there. Around the corner, there's a thrift store I like to go to. It's called Out of the Closet. And I found this book by uh, Brenda Euland. Do you know her? She's a writer. Um, 1938, and she, on the, on the shelf, there was this book called If You Want to Write. And I was like, yeah, I do, actually. And I picked it up. And I was like, oh, my God, what a gem. And... Um, She's, she, it's not just about writing, but in 1938, she gives all this kind of great counsel on like living and like art practice and our fluidity. And she writes, this was this line where she speaks about um, the true self. And she says, the only way to find your true self is by recklessness and freedom. True self is never a fixed thing. True self is always in motion, like music, a river of life, changing, moving, failing, suffering, learning, shining. That is why we must freely and recklessly make new mistakes, make new mistakes and not fret about them. Touché. Not in the sky, not in the sea, not in the clefts of the mountains is there a known spot in the whole world where one might be free from being overcome by new mistakes. When we finally accept this, there is nothing to fear. Yeah. In the Heart Sutra, the Bodhisattva lives prajnaparamita, with no hindrance in the mind, no hindrance, therefore no fear. Far beyond deluded thoughts, this is nirvana. So I'm going to let Pema Chodron close this talk with her words on bodhicitta and bodhisattvas. She says, those who train wholeheartedly in awakening bodhicitta, which is the spontaneous wish that we don't suffer, that we feel the pain that we share with one another, and to understand it's not some thing we either have or we don't, or something we need to acquire. It is a way of relating to the mind and the world based on seeing the nature of things in an unconfused way. The illusion of an inherently fixed self. One who has this motivation is you. A bodhisattva. She says, bodhisattvas who enter challenging situations in order, in order to alleviate suffering, they are willing to cut through personal reactivity and self-deception. They are dedicated to uncovering the basic, undistorted energy of bodhicitta. They who never know what will happen to us next. We can try to control the uncontrollable by looking for security and predictability, always hoping to be comfortable and safe, but the truth is that we can never avoid uncertainty. This is still Pema. This not knowing, she always turns it, is part of the adventure. (laughs) It's also what makes us afraid. 
the root of suffering is resisting the certainty that no matter what the circumstances, uncertainty is all we truly have. You may see many strange and wonderful things come and go, but you will be still. This is the happiness of the Buddha. This is our happiness. This is nirvana. Have a good day. Um, Thank you again for being here. Um, It's certainly been wonderful. Thank you for listening. To find out more about ZMM's programs, retreats and residency, please visit us online at zmm.org.